afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You have tuned into the Daily Roundup on this, a Tuesday, June 6, 2023. I'm David Menzies and my co-host, well, let me tell you a little bit about my co-host. Folks, do you know that today is Russian Language Day? It is a day in which we honor Alexander Pushkin. He's a Russian poet who is considered the father of modern Russian literature. Well, my friend does not celebrate this day because she does not know in the Russian language the rhyming couplet to Hickory Dickory Dock. Oh, she is the she-devil with a spatula. She is the Khaleesi of the greater Coburg area. She is Tamara Ugolini. Well, thanks, David. And did you know that Tamara is apparently a Russian name? I oh. have no Russian background or ethnic ties, but yeah, apparently Tamara is a name that comes from Russia and it means palm tree. No kidding. Yeah, so there you go. Well, I do well, you know, I do have a tie, I guess, somehow. And you know what, Tamara, I got before we take care of business, I gotta tell you folks, my most recent issue of Motor Trend arrived. It is the farewell Dodge Challenger. It is Unbelievable. It's the Demon 170, 1,025 horsepower. A couple of things. It says Dodge Challenger SRT Demon 170 roars out of hell. You know where it's made? It's made in Brampton. So if Brampton is hell, does that mean Sneaky Patrick Brown is Satan? What do you think, Tamara? <laughs> <laughs> Drawing some big, conclu heavy conclusions there, David, but uh, not far off, I guess, with Sneaky Patrick. Yes. What is he, a pathological liar, or is we're, we're just calling him Sneaky these hey, days? Well, he is the most corrupt politician in Canada, but I'm, I'm going to give you some investment advice, folks. If you have the money, it's going to be over $100,000. they will be available in the fall. Buy one. If I win the lottery, Tamara, I'm going to buy one for you. Ooh. No, you're not going to drive it. That's too much horsepower for a little lady like you. You're going to crate it. And this is an instant collectible. What do you think about that, Tamara Ugolini? Getting a little aggressive right off the hop here, aren't we, David? <laughs> Roars out of hell. Yeah, yeah, there we go. David's excited. All right, before we continue too much further down this deep, dark Satan hole, let me tell you what we're doing today. So if you're joining us for the first time, this is a way for us to get into the news of the day, provide some commentary. Uh, we are currently streaming on YouTube, Rumble, Odyssey, Getter, and also the bastion of free speech these days, Twitter. And so on those platforms, uh, Rumble specifically, you can engage with us directly using a hyper chat or a super, super chat. I always get confused which is which between Rumble and Odyssey. But um, on those two platforms, we have not been demonetized as we have been from YouTube due to wrong think and wrong speech. So I would urge you to head on over to one of those other alternative platforms that supports and upholds freedom of expression and free speech and send us a super chat or a hyper chat. It's a nice, fun way to engage directly with us, get your comment read on air get some commentary perhaps even back from us and just show us your general support for our independent and non-government funded journalism. Helps us keep the lights on and as you can see, fund our endeavors by giving you professional studio space. We have this new studio. Uh, it's my second time hosting and it smells nice and fresh and it's nice and bright. Oh. We were singing Blinded by the Light in here before we got started because you it's pretty bright. You should hear her sing, folks, Unbl like You're an not, angel. No. 
<laughs> we'll save that for another day, maybe. So the first news item that we have on the docket is the special rapporteur, David Johnston, who we know is conflict of interest riddled person responsible and appointed by the Justin Trudeau, Trudeau liberals, by Justin Trudeau himself, a close-knit family friend who's been tasked to investigate allegations of foreign interference and primarily from the Chinese Communist Party, um, who himself has pretty close ties to China. Oops. Who would have thought that <laughs> Trudeau would appoint someone so riddled with conflicts of interest to investigate himself. Um, but we have a little video here to share with you of this special rapporteur and what he had to say in a committee meeting, I think just earlier today. Public inquiries on the Public Inquiries Act are very difficult tools to use for something whose job is to shed light on situations, particularly situations of negligent responsibility and so on, uh, because they are led by, by lawyers with cross-examination. They have difficulty getting at uh, the information that is classified, uh, can't do that in, in public, um, are very expensive, are very time-consuming, and often do not result in providing the light. What we have hoped to do, of course, in the five remaining months of our of our mandate is to do exactly that, to have public hearings on matters that are not part of the, the uh, classified information. And uh, I think we may recall an earlier uh, inquiry it was the McDonald Commission that led into the creation of the CSIS Act to take over the responsibilities for foreign interference from the RCMP. That commission was five years in its work to completion. Madam Chair, I'm rather blown away there when we say that uh, independent public inquiry can be costly. What is the price tag on democracy? What is the value of democracy? We're here. We've got two uh, parties that are neck and neck in the polls where certain ridings can decide on the colour of the government. And now I'm being told that it can be costly to shed light on this because people, of course, agree upon the fact that the only way in which we can shed light in this situation is by holding an independent public inquiry. Yes, it can take uh, time, but we can live for a long time in the darkness if we don't do anything. And that's not a better approach. So when Mr Johnson, full respect, of course, for Mr Johnson, but when he says to me that there are certain elements that are classified that we cannot uh, bring out into the daylight, would that be worse where we had three secret services involved in the Aurora inquiry that were actually involved in this inquiry? So why would it be worse this time compared to what we had with the Aurora case inquiry? You know, um, Tamara, first of all, I love how these liberals, and that's what David Johnson is, I love how they play the fiscal conservative card when it comes to costs, when it helps their cause. Um, for example, uh, when Blackface uh, said back in 2016, we're going to pay uh, Omar Cotter $10.5 because you know what, to fight this out in the courts, that's going to be in the tens of millions. Suddenly, this government that spends 
in a way that would make a drunken sailor blush. Suddenly he's worried about the nickels and dimes. So we give this murderous Islamist terrorist a nice eight-figure payday. Unbelievable. And then we have David Johnson saying, well, it's going to take a long time. It's a little costly. Well, first of all, um, yeah, it's going to be costly and going to take a long time because you know what? Our democracy is at stake here. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned in the introduction you know, one of the reasons to doubt this gentleman is the conflict of interest. He is a close Trudeau family friend. Blackface should never have asked him to be the special rapporteur. And once asked, he should have said, Mr. Prime Minister, with all due respect, due to even the semblance of a conflict of interest, I've got to turn this down. But that what he delivered uh, in his role as special rapporteur was a complete whitewash. And secondly, he obviously did not take very seriously the likes of other MPs, opposition MPs, including the former conservative leader, Aaron O'Toole, having their campaigns interfered with. Thirdly, David Johnson, he might be many things. He is not an expert in foreign affairs nor foreign interference. He's not qualified for this role. Um, I could go on links to the Trudeau Foundation, the fact that his daughters went to universities in China. This guy stinks. And if I hear one more time from mainstream media the phrase, whose reputation is beyond uh, reproach, such as... Uh, Andrew Coyne, the most boring columnist in Canada working for the Globe and Mail, uh, calling out Pierre Polyev for personal attacks on um, Mr. Johnson. Yeah, why is that, Andrew? Is that because I believe it's your cousin gave birth to Pierre Elliott Trudeau's love child? So you're kind of like blood related to the blackface regime yourself. Give me a break. What do you say, Tamara? Yeah, I mean, the conflicts of interest with this individual are just glaring. And what I'd like to point out is a really succinct, well, it's not quite succinct, it's very lengthy, but a, a tweet by Andrew Hayes. And he points out how many questions does he list here? There's 21 questions he would love to pose to this special rapporteur. And it's all about his connections to China, including things like his three children that went to various Chinese institutions, universities, and whether or not they received grants or funding or special acknowledgement. Um, I'm not going to go into and read this entire tweet because it is quite long, but there are 21 separate questions here that highlight the various ways in which David Johnston is intertwined with Beijing. And I would assume the Chinese Communist Party or the People's Republic of China. And that is obviously a glaring concern as he has been tasked with investigating allegations of foreign interference. And then there's also the point here about money. And he's, I guess, trying all of a sudden to be fiscally responsible as a liberal. And we know that they're traditionally not fiscally responsible. But David Johnston is being paid on a part-time basis. This is uh, an article that comes from CTV um, about two months ago in April. 
And it states here that he is being paid on a part-time basis from between March 15th and December 12th of this year. This is uh, just under the heading part-time and what costs will be covered just a little bit more down in the article. If we could keep scrolling. It states that the that his per diem pay, so per day pay, is within the range of $1,400 to $1,600 per day for his crucial role as special rapporteur. And I wonder how that would compare if we were to do a cost comparison to doing a full public inquiry and contrast it with the amount of time and money wasted that went to Rapporteur Johnston's yeah. crucial engagement. Yeah, really. I mean, uh, why doesn't, uh, by the way, you called him Rapporteur Johnson. He's a special Rapporteur. I forgot the special denotion. not some garden variety <laughs> Rapporteur, not some off-the-shelf Rapporteur. This guy special. is, uh, you know, tailor-made. Uh, you're right. And if he's so concerned about costs, um, why doesn't he just do his work for minimum wage? I, I know he's... Or volunteer. Uh, yeah. How about that? He's so oh, special. Oh, no. We, we're not that concerned about fiscal responsibility. Not a chance. But we do have another clip. It's um, uh, David Johnson uh, wringing his hands as he whines about the attacks on his, quote, integrity and independence, end quote. Uh, you know what, Mr. Johnson? Your integrity and independence... They've already saw, sailed away. Those ships are gone. They ain't coming back. We've seen your true colors. But let's listen to the great special rapporteur in his own whiny words. Before I conclude, I think it important that I acknowledge the motion passed last week in the House of Commons. I have deep respect for the House of Commons and for its right to express an opinion on my work. I have heard clearly the disagreement with my recommendations not to call a public inquiry, as well as allegations about my integrity and my independence. <laughs> These allegations are, put simply, false, and the decision to repeat them does not make them true. The issue of foreign interference deserves serious and robust debate. I will continue to invite disagreement on my recommendations, but will not be deterred from completing my work. I would respectfully remind this committee and all Canadians that I've not simply asked you to take me at my word. Experts and parliamentarians with the necessary security clearance will be able to review not only my work, but also the detailed intelligence on what it's based. Should NSACOP, NSERA, and opposition leaders disagree with my conclusions, I have asked them to say so publicly, which they are very much permitted to do. Unbelievable. I mean, Tamara, what part of conflict of interest does this revered special rapporteur not get? He goes back several decades with the Trudeau family, skiing vacations, surfing safaris, close family friend. I'm sure at one point uh, David Johnson was even changing the diapers of Justin Trudeau. And hey, maybe in a few years, Justin Trudeau can return the favor to Mr. Johnson. This is outrageous mm -hmm. that this guy is still passing himself off as a paragon of integrity and independence. The 
craziest part about what he said there is that they are continuing to evade democracy, right? A motion passed in the House of Commons. That's our democracy at work. That is the yep. votes that are our democratic process literally in in process happening in real time. And Johnston is evading democracy alongside yep. Justin Trudeau, yep. who chooses not to move forward with a full public inquiry, just as they have been accused of doing yep. by Chinese interference in our democracy. So the evasion of democracy and the democratic process continues by these two individuals who are supposed to be investigating themselves, essentially. Speaking of evasion, uh, Tamara Ugolini, uh, last Thursday, we went down to the, I'm not making this up, the Toronto Raptors practice facility. Uh, Blackface was dropping by to make some nonsensical uh, statement about gun violence. Um, yeah, I'm thinking Toronto Raptors practice facility. Maybe he's looking for another special rapporteur, but that's just a wordplay. But I will say this, what, what I wanted to ask the prime minister, if I could bend his ear, is exactly what you said. Are you going to defy the will of parliament that voted this down? Um, apparently, yes. And by the way, when it comes to evasion, um, blackface is getting really creative, folks. Uh, there were freedom protesters there uh, who were promptly kicked off the property because their uh, signage was a little uh, offensive uh, to uh, blackface. And by the way, when I say property, I mean publicly funded property um, exhibition place. And uh, the funny thing is, uh, the creativity in his evasion is we, we hung around thinking which of the three big fossil fuel burning SUVs is Blackface going to jump into when he leaves the building? Well, guess what, Tamara Ugolini? Those were decoy cars. The real SUVs that he was in, another six, uh, but who's counting, were in the underground parking facility of the Raptors uh, practice barn. So um, he is so terrified and they are sheltering him so much not to even see a sign that might be impolite or insensitive that they're doing this mockery with additional uh, big suburbans and Ford expeditions to make you think he's going to go into that, those SUVs, but no, they're going to hustle him out the servant's entrance. Unbelievable. So what's that? Almost 15 personal vehicles, gas guzzlings vehicles to go to this one small event? Well, you might be right. I, I think I counted nine of his personal entourage, but there were Toronto Police Service SUVs there too. Of course. Um, and uh, yeah, so yeah. Where's the fiscal responsibility there? And by the way, with all this climate change crap that's being preached upon us, couldn't you at least, I don't know, have an EV vehicle One. or a plug-in hybrid? You know, like I drive the mean fossil fuel burning conservative that I am. And by the way, folks, don't denounce me for it. It's just so I can use the HOV lane as a solo driver. That's the only reason why it's in the fleet. Uh, but no, they won't even go through the pretense there I am. As you can see, there's the Toronto police SUVs. There's the uh, uh, the blackface entourage. But all the while, uh, he was underground like a weasel, like a little mole and not coming up. And uh, so we could, uh, you know, uh, query him. And by the way, I'm very happy. Uh, Super producer Efren's just passed on. 
Um, don't forget J David Johnson's lead counsel on foreign interference probe. Oh, well, knock me down with a feather, folks. He attended a <laughs> Trudeau fundraiser in 2021. Yeah, Andrew Klein, no conflict of interest here. His reputation is beyond reproach. What else don't we know about this guy, Tamara Ugolini? Well, I think I'm a little bit confused here because the uh, lead counsel <clears throat> says in this Globe and Mail article that we have is Toronto <clears throat> lawyer Sheila Block. And she's alleged to have participated in a private Zoom webinar fundraiser in late March 2021. Um, and... She's a senior lawyer at international business law firm Tories LLP, which donated $7,593 and change to the Liberal Party between 2006 and 2022. <laughs> she was chosen by former Governor General David Johnston oh. to act as his lead counsel in March 2023 when he accepted the appointment right? He was appointed by the prime minister to assess how the government handled Chinese state interference in the 2019 and 2021 election. So, I mean, it's there. It's blatant. They did. It's just the extent to which and how it's going to be remedied and dealt with now and moving forward to ensure it doesn't happen again into the future. Wow. But there was one thing here. Um, what a mess, Ms. Dawson <laughs> said in an interview. Like, quite literally, this is Canada's democracy. What a mess. Johnston appointed her, and they are friends, and I guess they all support the Liberal Party. It's all grist for the mill just to make the situation more unpleasant. Did you say grist for the mill or grift for the mill? Yeah, it could be either or. or. Yeah. I did say grist, but... You know what? Let's wrap a bow tie on this subject with yep. one more video. You were singing lovely uh, off uh, camera, but I'm going to sing right now very quickly. Uh -oh. One of my phrases, send in the clowns. <laughs> there ought to be clowns. And that's the intro for, yeah, Jugmeet Singh, uh, the biggest bozo on Parliament Hill, because People are kind of wondering still, Jugmeet, why is it that you're pushing for Johnson to resign, but still propping up the blackface liberals? Let's hear him uh, in his own words. How do you strike the balance or how do you explain to voters why you are both pushing for David Johnson to resign, why you take it so seriously that you're the one appearing at committee, but at the same time that you still support the government overall and want this government to continue? Well, what we're doing is the government's supporting us, in fact, in our initiative. They're supporting <laughs> dental care, which they voted against two times in the past. They do not want to bring it in. They did not want to bring it in. We're forcing and them to do it. Here's the facts, are supporting though. The government. There, there's oh, the 27 facts. things. Each one of those things are things that the government opposed, voted against, or did not want to make happen that we are making happen. This government's supporting us to make things happen for Canadians. Dental care, farming care, <laughs> supports for workers. These are all things that the government is opposed to voted against, said clearly they did not want to do, and we're making them do it. So of course, we're not going to let the government off the hook. They would absolutely love to not deliver on dental care. They would love to not deliver on pharmacare. They would love to not deliver on protections for workers. We're forcing them to do, to do these things. At the same time, we're holding them accountable. For you, you are oh my goodness. It's the dental care, folks. You know, Tamara Ugolini, you know mm -hmm. what's dis depressing? about Jagmeet Singh. By the way, does he not look shell-shocked to you? It's like, oh my God, they're asking me more questions about my integrity and my morals and my ethics. You know, how often do I have to prop up yeah. uh, this regime? Uh, why won't they leave me alone? But here it is. I think under this man, 
the NDP is no longer a relevant party. Uh, his leadership has been abysmal. The, the blackface liberals are eating the NDP's lunch in terms of how far left they've gone. And I'll tell you why this is a bad thing, folks. I predict right now, we don't know when the election will be. I doubt it's this year, likely 2024, has to be by 2025. But I think this NDP party under Jagmeet Singh is going to be decimated. And you know what? That's not a good thing if you want regime change. If you're a conservative supporter, you want a strong NDP. You want the liberals and the NDP mm -hmm. clawing at each other, splitting votes, having conservatives go up the middle. I don't think that's going to happen whenever this election is. I think with his mismanagement, with his greed, and I say greed, folks, because coincidentally, guess what? If Jugmeat can rag the puck until 2025, his pension kicks in. That's exactly six years as an MP. By the way, I predict he's going to lose his seat. What say you, Tamara Eagleini? Well, the whole point in a democracy it, to have opposition parties is so that each party can hold the other one to account, yeah. not collude and work in unison to achieve their separate but similarly minded goals. And so what Singh is essentially saying is we don't really care about democracy as long as we get some of our goals pushed through and ran through parliament by this unofficial coalition that they have with the liberal government. And so it seems like they don't care about any of these allegations and whether or not the liberals are sitting in their seats by way of true democratic process or if it was a result of lobbying and interference by Beijing. And instead of holding their feet to the fire on that, They'll say all these talking points, but when it comes down to it in the House of Commons, they are going to back the liberals because the liberals continue to back them. And yeah. so it's like this vicious cycle that I don't know how we're ever going to get out of unless they call an election and, and pull their support for the liberals. And you know what, Tamara, I don't think that's going to happen because yeah, of the pension, said, but my heartfelt wish, in addition to winning $70 million tonight in Lotto Mac so I can buy you that Dodge yes, Challenger. Yes, looking forward to it. What are you going to buy me if you win? <laughs> well, aren't you right? putting me on the spot yeah, now? Yeah, I, I, I sure am. But anyway, <laughs> here's my heartfelt wish that Blackface does uh, pull the trigger on an election next year, um, cheating uh, Jugmeet Singh by just 12 lousy months, that full pension. And um, wouldn't that just be so lovely that for all his loyalty in propping up Blackface, Blackface does a Brutus uh, knife in the back in, in Julius Caesar kind of move and uh, burns him in terms of the pension, which make no mistake, folks, that's the real ostensible policy reason for Jugmeat propping up uh, Trudeau. But there you go. So there you have it. You were singing off camera. I was singing on camera for Sing, his song, when the election is called, well, it's going to be that little queen ditty, Another One Bites the Dust. <laughs> Why don't we take an ad break and we'll uh, carry on with, oh, Elon Musk is back in the news. Here's someone that I have greater and greater admiration for with every passing day. Check out this ad, folks. Canadians for Truth proudly presents An Evening with Sarah Palin. Get ready for an incredible evening, Sunday, June 18th, 2023. Former Alaska Governor and Vice Presidential Candidate Sarah Palin's remarkable journey and steadfast dedication to speaking up when it's easier to stay silent are just a few of the many reasons you'll want to hear from her. 
This event will be hosted by Olympians Theo Fleury and Jamie Soleil and promises to provide valuable insights, inspiration, and entertainment. The show starts at 7 p.m. at the Grey Eagle Event Center in Calgary, Alberta. But act now because tickets for this will not last. Living with spike protein in a post-pandemic world is something we all have to grapple with, whether you've had the virus, you've been vaccinated yourself, or if you're around those who were. The wellness company's Spike Support Formula is a daily supplement that can help you feel your best and then stay that way. Go to twccanada.health to get back to that pre-pandemic feeling with Spike Support. Use coupon code REBEL to save 10% off these doctor-formulated products, which are rooted in science. And for a limited time, your first month's membership is only 99 cents. That's twccanada.health, coupon code REBEL at checkout. It's time to put your wellness back in the driver's seat. So I wanted to point out that Canadians for Truth event that they're hosting. If you're not familiar, Canadians for Truth is a nonprofit organization that's founded on the principles, obviously, of truth, freedom, and justice. And they'll be hosting this event, Fire and Ice, with uh, Theo and Jamie, uh, with Sarah Palin. And it's called a Canadians for Truth production. And they will sit down with Sarah Palin to talk about everything from personal stories, social issues, education, to energy. And they call it uh, an informative and inspirational evening. Yeah. So that's happening, as Sheila pointed out in that quick advertisement, on June 18th um, from 7 to 9.30 p.m. at uh, in Calgary. So if you're in the area and you would like to go and check it out, it does sound like it'll be an interesting event. Uh, Sarah Palin, she's not without controversy, but um, hear what she has to say. America's number one hockey mom. Are you a hockey mom, <laughs> Tamara right. Ugolini? I guess in training. I did play hockey throughout oh, you high school. You mean surprisingly. Ringette, right? No, not no, Ringette. Okay. No. Um, I did play hockey, surprisingly, <laughs> throughout like later elementary school and high school. And then uh, I, I haven't kept up with it. I have, gosh, I haven't played in years through, you know, being a mom and pregnant and so on and so forth. But uh, excuses, excuses. Yeah. My youngest yeah. son is now, they're more into hockey, like the idea of hockey, but getting out and skating. I mean, they're still little, but getting out and skating is, I don't think children quite realize how difficult it is. And obviously you need to learn how to skate in order to play hockey. Hockey. So he loves the idea of hockey, but he's not quite there yet. I mean, he's he's getting his skills are getting better in terms of skating. But that was like a big roadblock for him is, wait, I have to learn how to skate and it hurts when I fall. So uh, that's why I love Tamara Ugolini, folks. She is full of such great sporting advice. Learn to skate <laughs> before you pick up the game of hockey. What position thought, did you play, by the way? I was a left winger, even oh, though I shoot right. Wow. I yeah. like that's, that's pretty rare. They threw me in the net the net once. That was really fun. I oh, basically well, speaking, just stood there. <laughs> speaking of which, I'm an old gumper myself. Do you ah. think you could get one past uh, the men's We need or? to have a little rebel shinny by the sounds of wow. things. Wow. And yes, folks, she said shinny. Anyways, uh, let's go to Elon Musk. I think we have an audio clip. Uh, oh, I love it. Uh, he's calling for a new government. Where? Here. The Banana Republic. Sorry, we can't grow bananas in Canada. Let's call it a maple syrup Republic of Canada. Let's hear what Mr. Musk had to say. Save Canada. <laughs> you know, it's, it's easy for people to take for granted uh, the system we have here in the United States. Um, 
but uh, it, it really doesn't exist anywhere else. Um, you know, uh, not even in, in say, you know, Canada. I'm half Canadian, and, and you, you don't have the free speech uh, rights in Canada that you have in the United States. Um, you know, perhaps a, a new government in Canada at some point will enact those rights because it's incredibly important. Um, but uh, you know, I, I, I think if, if we if we don't protect free speech at all costs, um, we, we don't have a functioning democracy. If we don't have a functioning democracy, nothing else matters. You know. Free speech and freedom of the press. And those you know, are both two cornerstones of a healthy democracy. And the liberals are hitting both. Isn't it amazing, Tamara Ugolini, that freedom has become the new F word in liberal circles? That the display of the Canadian flag, especially mounted on a hockey stick in a pickup bed, is a hate symbol. And uh, look at this. Someone just sent me this 13 minutes ago. Well, Rachel Gilmore just tweeted, quote, oh, Elon her. Musk's attempt to make money off Twitter have destroyed an anti-harassment app that many users relied on, end quote. Yeah, thank you, uh, Rachel Gilmore. That's the former blouse-challenged reporter at Global News. Not even Global could put up with her nonsense. You know what, Rachel? You know what's the difference between you and Elon Musk? One of you has a job. Anyhow, what do you think, Tamara Ugolini? Well, there's this war right now on what the government is deeming as mis- and disinformation. And, of course, part of that gets lumped in as, you know, fake news. And so Trudeau has previously referred to rebel news as purveyors of that, to which I would hit back and say that, no, the government themselves, especially throughout the COVID era, has been the purveyor of mis- and disinformation by, you know, flip-flopping on policy, by using non-evidence-based data and supposed science and evidence like that trust the science mantra to back up their, their public health messages. And just today, we have a report out of Blacklocks, um, Tuesday, June the 6th. It's the title. The headline is Government Faked Security Bulletin. So the government is faking information, disseminating it out to the public, and then trying to call out anyone who questions or criticizes that as the people who are spreading mis- and disinformation. So the first paragraph or the opening statement, the Department of Public Safety issued a false security bulletin claiming wow. it had confirmation Freedom Convoy protesters ransacked federal office buildings, access to information record, records show. And, you know, here I'd like to point out that in order to get accountability and to find this information out, you have to file access to information requests and they're lengthy and the government will try to filibuster them. And that's even if they'll turn them over at all. Um, the article continues, Public Safety Minister Marco Mendocino's office yesterday said it had nothing to do with the disinformation. <laughs> So, you know, the article goes on and on, but um, there obviously has been no incident involving protesters in office buildings. That never happened. The public safety department yesterday would not account for the source of the disinformation. And, you know, by the way, folks, in case you think Tamara Ugolini is uh, exaggerating things in terms of accusing the federal government of dis and misinformation. Well, I got something fresh off the hopper from our wonderful FOI uh, guy in Ottawa, Jason, and uh, get a load of this. 
Quote, Liberal MP Ryan Turnbull read off a bunch of things he claimed were made up on the Liberals and China, including Trudeau's admiration of China's basic dictatorship, end quote. What do you mean made up? We, maybe one of our super producers can find the clip. It's from 2013, 10 years ago. But I clearly remembered. I was at Sun News Network at the time. Trudeau was in Toronto for an all-female uh, get-together. Do you find that weird? I mean, like, you know, only women can come and see me and my uh, wonderful abs and hair. And he said that, uh, Mr. Turnbull, he actually said that, and we will prove it to you as soon as we can source that clip. Mm -hmm. You know, Tamara, this is scary to me because if a liberal MP like Turnbull, who I've never heard of before, actually. He's close by. I think he's in Whitby. Oh, is that right? Mm -hmm. Well, isn't there a mental institution in Whitby? Anyways, um, if he is claiming that Justin Trudeau never said anything yet it was captured on video and audio. So they're lying about a video recorded statement. Then what else are they lying about? I think, do we have that clip? Uh, yes, ma'am. All right, and I'm just gonna prove it to you right now. This is what Ryan Turnbull is saying is misinformation. Trudeau's meeting last week with a group of Toronto women was an example. Even with Sun TV watching for any slip, he was asked which country he most admired and referred to China. There's a level of, of uh, admiration I actually have for China. Um, because their you know, basic dictatorship is allowing them uh, to actually turn their economy around on a dime and say, we need to go green as fast as we need to start, you know, investing in solar. I mean, there is a flexibility <laughs> that I know Stephen Harper must dream about of having a dictatorship that he could do everything he wanted. Uh, that I find quite interesting. Trudeau's rivals yep. pounced on that, saying it proved... You know, yeah, and he didn't even get that right, investing in solar. Isn't this the country that was putting up at 1.500 new coal-burning plants per year? Um, I think but they put up have, two a week. Yeah, yeah, but there you have it. Admiration, China, dictatorship, what Turnbull is saying is false. You just saw it there yourself, folks. Unless, you know what, Tamara Ugolini, uh, Hollywood is so good with uh, special effects. Maybe that was CGI. Maybe some mean conservatives went to uh, George Lucas's company, Industrial Light and Magic, and said, can you, you know, maybe use artificial intelligence and make it look like a uh, Trudeau of 10 years ago said he admired the basic uh, dictatorship of China? Is that it? I mean, I don't know about you, but I think it was, what, 1993 when Jurassic Park came out, when that T-Rex started chasing that. I, I jumped out of my seat, Tamara Ugolini. I mean, that's how realistic it was. I didn't even have my 3D glasses on. So maybe that's what uh, Mr. Turnbull is referring to. It's all fake special effects. Don't give these far left extremists <laughs> any ideas. We're really going down that far left conspiracy rabbit hole now, but I wouldn't put it past them at this point. And before we move on, I wanted to just throw to this next article, also from Blacklock's reporter, where they call for uh, a mandate to label the CBC 
as mouthpiece, as a government mouthpiece. So the Privy, the Privy Council, in an access to information memo, proposed a legal requirement that the CBC broadcast government messaging in a national, quote-unquote, national crisis. Cabinet aides complained they had to buy advertising during the pandemic. And so given this information that the CBC has been required legally to broadcast government messaging as it pertains to a national crisis, which we just lived through for the last three years and arguably it will be ongoing, then we should mandate it as a state broadcaster, as a state mouthpiece. Mm -hmm. I don't see why that's controversial. This is quite literally what is happening right now in our country. Yeah, comes as advertised, I would say, yeah. uh, Tamara Ugolini. I don't know what the problem is, but you know what? I got, I got a warning out there uh, to Tom Korski, the managing editor at Blacklocks, which does fantastic work. Do. If you keep this up, Tom, you're going to be frog marched out of the pro- parliamentary press gallery by armed cops again, like you were a couple of months ago. They don't like these annoying reports making it into any media. What an no. absolute disgrace. I want to just highlight also the second last paragraph of this Black Locks article where they say Health Canada has hired social media influencers and minor celebrities to tout the great work it's doing on Canada's response to the pandemic. Senator told the Senate question period at the time, these government paid influencers are not required to reveal they are government paid influencers because that, of course, would be very embarrassing. You don't say. Surprise, surprise. And then, of course, I always wonder, like, follow the money. How much were they paid? What were the contracts? What did they entail? So maybe that's a story for another access to information request. For sure. Now, something that's getting a lot of oxygen and well, it should, uh, Tamara Ugolini, is this outrageous move uh, by Corrections Canada to have Paul Bernardo, a Mm. serial killer, serial rapist, basically a horrible animal. Actually, I need to rephrase that. All the animals I've ever met in the animal kingdom, they wouldn't do what Bernardo did. Um, He is just a monster. I think that's the best word for it. He is consumed by evil and did evil things. And he killed schoolgirls and he raped so many women. And for some reason, this monster, Corrections Canada thought that we're going to move him from a maximum security uh, prison, namely Millhaven. He began his sentence at Kingston until they shuttered that facility uh, to a medium security. And if you think that's a jail, it's more like a condo development, folks. That That's where your felons are, are residing in Canada these days. I want to just say, if we can source those clips, um, uh, Doug Ford, mm-hmm. who, well... He's not like the Doug Ford that we loved 10 years ago when we thought he was interchangeable with his brother, the late great mayor of Toronto, Rob Ford. But he was on fire. It was like Doug Ford classic. He was talking about, and and, and there was actually an implied threat of violence because I believe he said words along the lines, he should be in solitary for 23 hours a day. And in the general prison population for one hour a day, you know what's going to happen to Paul Bernardo in the general prison population uh, to Mary Ugolini. And I couldn't believe it. It was like the Christmas miracle in June. I'm listening to Marco Pinocchio. I mean, Marco Mendicino in the House of Commons, 
who was blowing a gasket over this transfer, um, how this is a slap in the face to the Mahaffey and French families who lost their young daughters uh, to this despicable creep. Um, so here's my question. Uh, do you think Marco was being genuine or I'm not sure what the procedure is, given he, he's the minister in charge, wouldn't you think Corrections Canada for such a high profile offender, I know they can't do this for every offender, go to the federal minister and go, what do you think, chief? Can we move him to a different facility? But do you think he was kept out of the loop? Because my spidey sense is kind of tingling here, Tamara. You know, unless Corrections Canada is so woke mm -hmm. and is so entitled that somebody making high seven, high six figures rather, uh, said this is a good idea, and uh, and also he's going to a medium security prison in Quebec, so he can um, oh I don't know be closer to his comp uh, accomplice Carla Hamolka who's living free as a bird. By the With way, more thanks. children. Pardon she me? has more. Ch she had children. That's right. And, and, and yeah, and uh, thanks again, Niagara Regional Police Force. When you're doing a forensic search of a house and you're wearing the hazmat suits and everything else, uh, don't forget to look in the bathroom, okay, where the implicating tapes were hidden. Unbelievable. That That's what led to the deal with the devil, why Gross. Bernardo is rotting away and Homolka isn't. I just want to say one thing before I want to hear your opinion on this. Tamara Ugolini, I'm a huge fan of the death penalty. I'd like to see it reinstated, especially for the likes of this. And I remember it was around 15 years ago. I'm pretty sure it was the Toronto Star, left of center publication. It was the crime writer there who got a, I think it was a one hour access to do an interview one-on-one -on -one with Paul Bernardo. Uh, it would have been at Kingston at the time. And at the conclusion of the piece, and it was actually chilling, and it was a profound point, and almost made me th rethink my position on capital punishment, because the journalist said, Tamara, that I've always been an adherent of capital punishment for the likes, you know, of Paul Bernardo, serial killers, mass shooting killers, etc. But after seeing him in Millhaven, in a cell that's barely bigger than a walk-in closet, no sunlight whatsoever, dank and drab, 23 hours a day, he is in this uh, facility. The Ken doll good looks are gone. He's now at least 40 pounds overweight. And I thought to spend the rest of eternity, because he's still a young guy at that point when the article came out, just confined there, it would perhaps be a fate worse than death. Yeah. And I'm thinking, yeah, because I'll tell you, when I was held as a political prisoner in Montreal for about five or six hours, I mean, I felt that was an eternity. I had nothing to read. Uh, I'm listening to people screaming in the background. It's really, yeah, death where is thy sting. So if five or six hours felt like an eternity, what do five or six decades feel like? Mm -hmm. Well, the thing that always gets me with the capital punishment versus just lock them up and throw away the key is how much of the taxpayer dollar goes to fund essentially room and board. Like, yes, it's not comfortable. And yes, you're in jail for heinous crimes and being subject to isolation as a result. But you get three square meals a day. You have a roof over your head, somewhere to lay your head at night to sleep. And so I think there has to be um, 
a balance there between yeah. the the criminality and the offense involved and how much of a strain on a system and how much of a cost to the taxpayers does keeping someone like that jailed for life really have on the system. So I always, like like I said, I always like to follow the money and how much things cost. And I'm all about fiscal responsibility. And so what makes more sense in a situation like this? Well, you know, Tamara Ugolini, the anti-capital punishment people, especially in the US, they say they're basing their position on a fiscal standpoint, because uh, if you look at the endless appeals when someone's on death row, the lawyer's fees, they add up, they go into the millions. You know what? Here's what I say. Who cares? Um, if you're getting rid of a murderer so that that person can never murder again, that works. And then the opponents say to me, oh, Benzoid, uh, you're all about revenge. You know what? Uh, yeah, revenge works for me. You go around raping and killing women. I want to see you under the ground, six feet as worm food, no problem. Anyways, I, I teased Doug Ford, um, uh, embracing Doug Ford classic, the reason we got to love him before we really began to loathe him. Uh, but here he is in classic Ford mode. My message to Leslie Mahaffey, Kristen French's family, our heart breaks for you. Our heart breaks for you that you have to go through this once again, relive an absolute nightmare, and we will always, always have your backs. As per this scumbag, Bernardo, <laughs> should rot in hell, this guy doesn't deserve less restrictions, employment opportunities, believe it or not, freedom to wander around. I'm going to quote Correction Response. Services Commissioner. We want Canadians to have confidence in our decisions. Well, Commissioner, I'll tell you, no Canadians have confidence in your decisions. You should step aside, step down, or should be fired. Oh, beautiful. Powerful. Isn't that wonderful, Tamara Ugolini? And one other note on this, which I think is so appalling, when media have reached out to Corrections Canada, like, where's he going? What led to this decision? You know what they say, Tamara Ugolini? We cannot comment due to privacy rights. Think about that. A serial killer, a terrorist in this country has privacy rights. But wait a minute. What is the most fundamental human right on the planet? It's freedom. The opposite of freedom is slavery. When you are a Paul Bernardo, we have taken away your most fundamental human right of freedom, but somehow you're still entitled to privacy? Can you believe this? Well, and what about the privacy of the victims who oh, yeah. need to be re-victimized, their families need to be re-victimized each and every time something like this happens. And um, their privacy was completely compromised by the absolutely heinous acts that they engaged in with those individuals that we won't even get into here. Yeah. Um, for anybody who is unfamiliar with Paul Bernardo and Carla Hamoka and the crimes that they committed, they were absolutely atrocious yeah. and, in my opinion, don't deserve an ounce, let alone a mile, in terms of getting out and reintegrating into society. People like that, I believe, are never fully capable of reintegrating. No, and it's no. shocking that she has children and, yeah. and goes out every day into yeah. society. No, in that saga, you saw murder, you saw torture, you saw incest. It was, folks, it was every sin under the tree except 
you know, from what I can tell, cannibalism. That wasn't part of the itinerary. But aside from that, everything. And the idea that these people still have rights, and in the case of Carla, his accomplice, and maybe the one actually who was the ringmaster, there are those accusations, living free in Quebec with children, unbelievable. That's not justice at all. You know what? Before we get to onto uh, any other topic or super yeah. chats, Tamara Ugolini, we well, must break for another ad. Yes. And we will see you on the other side. All right, this next story comes out of Ottawa and comes from an article from True North. Woke Ottawa trustee goes on anti-Christmas tirade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love their opening, their their lead here. That's Ottawa. <laughs> and what else can this enraged hypochondriac really oh. be mad about? I think Sheila is going to have a full report on this, so we won't get too nitty-gritty into the weeds on it, but... The Ottawa Public School trustee and renowned mask enthusiast, Dr. Nellie Kaplan-Mirth, is back in the news, this time for going on an anti-Christmas tirade. And um, Ely from True North shares some of the tweets, but she said that the city of Ottawa should not provide extra garbage allowance during the Christmas season because it should not be a free pass to consume and produce excess waste talk about the grinch that's trying to steal christmas well, wait, here wait a minute you mean in terms of picking up christmas trees after i guess the the boxes and the wrapping oh. it's all the christmas fixings and the waste that happens as a result of consumerism that Nellie kaplan murr has an issue with i guess see because uh, 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 the way i was reading that and you might be right um because you know there are these so-called environmentalists who are against the idea of us chopping down an evergreen tree to have as a Christmas tree for a couple right. of weeks and then uh, jettisoning it. Uh, what's the alternative, guys? Remember, you're <laughs> you're supposed to be anti-plastic. So the artificial trees of yesteryear, uh, once you start throwing those out, guess what? Unlike a real evergreen tree, they don't degrade in landfill. They're part of that thing you're trying to make our lives miserable with in terms of getting rid of plastic straws and plastic spoons and plastic bags. And, um, you know, it, 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 I thought that's uh, the road she was going down, uh, you know, kind of the um, trying to have it both ways in terms of environmentalism and, and, and trees. But like, wh why? Why is she doing this and, and doing this in the month of June? And and Tamara Ugolini, when we get the full report of her, uh, her are we going to find out finally how many cats she owns? Yeah, really. <laughs> oh, and just how terrified and coward she is living in her house, never leaving and wearing her mask on Zoom calls. But, um, <laughs> on Zoom calls? Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. She was on TVO's uh, Steve Pakin back, I guess that was back in the fall of 2022. I did a whole report on it um, where she just became completely unhinged with Matt Strauss, oh. the former medical officer of health in Haldimand, Norfolk, I believe is the jurisdiction that he was serving at the time. Um, yeah, she she called him uh, like an ableist, far right, something and probably extremist um, for simply saying things like mask mandates do psychological harm to children yeah. and we should end the public health mandates that are harming our children and, and things along this line and condemning lockdowns and so on and so forth. And for that, he was she became completely unhinged. And anyway, we have a full report somewhere in the archives of Rebel News about that. But now, yes, you know what? I'm so sorry. I forgot. Now I know why the name well, rings a bell. But Tamara, we have a whole campaign, this. though, actually, before yeah. we continue, firenilly.com, yeah. because the residents of Ottawa have become so grossed out by her emboldened comments on social media. And like her even rants. Ottawa people. You're saying. Yeah, her own, her own, <laughs> like she's, she's a trustee in the Ottawa uh, Carleton District School Board wow. and people in that school board launched campaigns against her through um, uh, change.org, which, of course, took down two times, took down the petitions that had dozens, tens of thousands of signatures. And so Rebel News saved the day. We launched our own petition, firenilly.com. And so if you scroll back to those, the, the reports featured there, you can probably find the one where she becomes completely unhinged on Matt Strauss on uh, Steve Pakin's show last fall. Beautiful. But um, here we have some imagery to show in the background. And Sheila, I believe, will be dropping off this petition in person. So if you haven't yet signed this petition, it's at 74% of 20,000 signatures. That's the goal. Um, head over to firenilly.com. Sign that petition. Yeah, here's my tweet. Hypochondria riddled family doctor Nelly Kaplan Murr spreads. That's the other thing. She spreads misinformation on live mm. television. And we show, we, we overlay her claims with actual evidence-based science to prove that what she is saying is untrue. I guess we have a few minutes if we want to run through, what is it, a minute and a bit clip? How unhinged she is? Let's show everybody at home. It's airborne. That means that COVID remains in the air even after you've left the room. I can see why you would call her a hypochondriac. Look at her uh, eyes. She just looks like a completely unhinged, crazy person. Yeah, it's the kind of look that makes me cross the street. But <laughs> I'm going to dispute you uh, on this point, Tamara Ugolini. I don't think she's a hypochondriac. I really believe that she and the majority of people we see out there, especially when they're on a Zoom call or they're driving alone and they are wearing a mask or two, this is no longer about COVID. This is not about the coronavirus. This is not about a pandemic. This is a political statement. Mm. This is someone saying visually, I believe in big government, big lockdowns. I like to be told what to do, and I'm going to tell you what to do. That's what someone in June of 2023 wearing a mask is really conveying. Mm -hmm. They're not worried about getting sick. Yeah, that's a really good point. And imagine this was your family doctor. I mean... Oh, do you want to talk about no, a certain family doctor? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> we will not go there, but... Oh, oh. that's a five-coupon ride, that story. <laughs> oh, folks, I don't want to embarrass Tamara Ugolini, but let's just say we know of a doctor... I can't go any further because off. it would out her, but it, it's it's spectacular. It's not far off, sadly. <laughs> 
happens to be a, yeah, anyway. All right, let's show this clip of Nelly. We're running out of time. Okay. Oh, it's not oh, loading it's not properly. Loading properly. Well, anyway, you go to firenelly.com. It's there. You can check out the clip on your own. But this comes, you asked why why she was doing this. I guess the city of Ottawa, which she's a school board counselor or trustee. She's not affiliated with the city of Ottawa. But of course, Nelly has to get her tentacles, her woke tentacles into every little flavor of the day. So um, she's, she's trying to confirm or reform the garbage collection in the city of Ottawa because the city is looking to adopt a pay-as-you-throw system in which residents would be given, and this is according to the True North article, in which residents would be given 55 garbage tags per year to attach to garbage bags, and then you would have to purchase each additional tag for $3 each oh, really? if you go up above 55 tags per year. You know what? In Northumberland County, where I live, we pay for garbage like that. We're not given any free passes. We don't get 55 garbage bags for free. We pay, and I think it's up to $4 a tag now. Um, each week, you have to put a bag tag on your garbage, and the, the town, the county collects it. But if you don't, then they don't take your garbage. Yeah, and I can tell you what's ultimately going to happen to Mario Galini. I'm going to make an amazing Kreskin-like prediction. And I feel for the gas station community, people are just going to have little bags of garbage, not big green or black ones. Yep. And they're going to keep it in the trunk. And next time they go for a fill up, they're going to just plop that garbage in the gas station uh, uh, you know, depots. I think it's already happening. Uh, you do this. I mean, people are so beleaguered with the cost of living, mm -hmm. high interest rates, mortgages coming due. And you're going to tax them on garbage now? I mean, what kind of garbage is that? <laughs> Literal garbage. All right. Well, we are 201, and we hit all the points for today. I don't mm. think we have any super chats, what? sadly. I know. How disappointing. I'm very disappointed with you, audience. <laughs> very disappointed. It's, and it's a Tamara Tuesday, no less. She came all the way in from the Coburg area, and not one of you had the decent... Do you think I'm guilting them yet to... Uh, right. I think they're just no. shaking in their boots right now. Oh, no. David's disappointed in me. Oh, well. You win some, you lose some. Hey, folks. Thank Thank you so much for tuning in nevertheless and thank you to our super producers Efron and Olivia and of course my beloved co-host Tamara Ugolini. I will not be back here tomorrow. I'm on assignment so I don't know which Rebel News reporters will be here but I'm sure it's going to be a jolly good show indeed. In the meantime as always stay safe and stay sane. I am doing something today that I have never tried before. Listen up. I'm looking for collaborators in a new and exciting initiative. As you most likely know, YouTube a long time ago demonetized Rebel News and we are 100% viewer funded. Now, while our supporters are fantastic at helping us cover legal campaigns and special reporting missions, unfortunately, the reality is our day-to-day -day operational expenses often exceed our income stream. Which is crazy if you think about it, because my videos across all platforms attract hundreds of thousands of views and sometimes even millions. So I want to share that reach with the right partners. If you have a product or business and want to enter a win-win relationship with me, please go to rebelnews.com forward slash ads and fill in the form to let me know. I won't be accepting anyone. 
I need to believe in your business or product so I can sell it proudly for you. And for successful applicants, I will guarantee a minimum view count. Meaning, even if your ad is published on the less popular reports, we'll keep promoting your business or product until it gets the agreed minimum eyeball. So again, if you have a cool company or product that either wants to take advantage of my reach or want to support my work through advertising in a way that you can write it off as a tax deduction or both, head over to rebelnews.com forward slash ads and hopefully we can join forces soon.